Welcome back to Bleacher Brawls, the home of the greatest rivalry in professional sports between the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees. It is your Sunday night, Monday morning show. It's a rivalry show. We're talking both Sox and Yankees with the normal crew. My name is Pat. I'm here with John. Typically, we have Luke in the Red Sox chair. He tried telling everybody on Thursday that he was going on some Alaskan cruise or something, but we, we, we know the truth. So we have Joey here tonight, sub it in form. Uh, we're going to talk all the things we normally talk on this show, Little Red Sox, Little Yankees, some rookie watch. Uh, Joey has some, uh, what do they used to call it on the old Tuesday show? Joey, Joey's Woes, I believe. We're going to bring it back <laughs> for the night. Uh, John, I'll start with you, though, for your first pitch, because I want to know uh, what you have to say for yourself, because your streak of being undefeated in fantasy baseball has finally come to an end at the hands of moi. Yes, yes. I That was the elephant in the room. I knew that was coming. I should have seen it coming right off the bat. I mean, a nice a high heater, 99 miles per hour, pitch one, strike, you know, is a strike looking to start the game. So, yeah, um, I kind of went into this week feeling, like, unlucky. You know, like, I've had a good run in fantasy baseball, and there was some luck involved. You know, I'm not Luke. I can admit when I get lucky and there was some luck, and I actually beat Derek by one point. It was like 577 to 576. It was crazy. I, everything I did, could have done, I did right that week. And this week I paid for it. And I I think I was doomed to begin with because you put up a monster week anyway. And I don't think I've beaten that score or topped that score all season. So, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a rough week. But the streak's over. But 8-1 is still pretty good. Um, as far as Luke is concerned, as far as Luke is concerned, um, Luke opened his mouth last week and now he's ducking and running and hiding for cover. That's what's going on here. Luke tried to compare the Celtics to the 2004 Red Sox, which is a really a once in a lifetime thing and just shows what a terrible fan he is that he just expects these things to happen for him instead of or being a little bit more appreciative, maybe not running his mouth the way he should have. So naturally, in Luke fashion, he decided to go run into hiding, and then he tried to bring Joey in, in here to answer for him. But Joey, it is good to see you. I don't want you to feel obligated to have to answer for all Luke's comments last week, but it's good to see you and what's going on. You know, it's funny, you know, I usually end up disagreeing with Luke, so it'll be interesting having to play Luke on TV. Who knows, maybe I can be a better Luke than even Luke is. Uh, things are going well. Uh, weather's really bad in Boston for this week. It's really nasty, raining out, very sad. But, uh, you know, out of all that doom and gloom, I get to watch the Boston Red Sox blow saves. So there, there you go. Yeah, that weather that, uh, you know, they had the doubleheader on Saturday just to set up the off day tomorrow, but then they ended up getting rained out and have to play again tomorrow anyway. So no off days for a team that kind of feels like it needs one right now. Uh, with that being said, Joey, I'll start with you. Uh, Red Sox have a tough weekend against the Rays. Uh, they just can't seem to beat the Rays. And uh, one of the three games so far this weekend, fourth game of the series, is tomorrow the day that folks are listening to this. Uh, your thoughts on the series at large? My thoughts are, you know, the Red Sox have had a really tough time de defeating division opponents 
for the last two years. And I think it was important that we go into this series with something. You know, it's a four-game series. You want to at least split that so you can feel good and go home, especially after the pathetic performance against the, the nobody Reds. The problem is, and maybe I will sound like Luke here, is Kenley Jansen in the second game of the doubleheader. Did, did, anyone, did anyone really think when they saw Kenley coming out to make a second save that that was going to go well? Did anyone have a good thought about that? No. So I think there's some questionable management by Alex Cora. And I think another glaring hole is, well, the Yankees just gave a contract to their big guy, Aaron Judge, right? And he's performing very well this season. Devers, he has an OBP under 300. How many guys on the first year of their $300 million plus contract have an OBP under 300? That's pretty sad, okay? I think Hunter Renfro is having a better statistical season than Devers right now. So the Red Sox continue to be pretty mediocre. Um, I think a win streak is dead and gone. Momentum has shifted. Since Sale's been hurt, I think the team has... I think the team morale has seriously gone down since the injury of Sale. And then plus the depressing blown save by Kenley Jansen to add insult to injury on the doubleheader, I'm sure knocked the wind out of everyone. To your, excuse me, to your Rafi point, uh, Chris Henrik on Twitter, Rafael Devers has one hit this season against the Rays. It's a home run. He's one for 21, which is a .048 in six games with nine strikeouts and a 190 slugging percentage. He reminds me of your favorite third baseman, Bobby Dahlbeck. <laughs> I mean, seriously, would Dahlbeck shortstop? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. Yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, John, we'll go to so you. You, you guys are playing a to tough opponent this weekend in the Dodgers. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to ask, was there anybody? Because, I mean, I saw the box score. I didn't watch the game. And I saw Jansen pitched in two both games uh was there anybody else in the bullpen that was available or it looked like there's a couple guys that didn't throw a lot of pitches in the first game whereas Jansen threw 16 pitches whereas Winkowski and Winkowski threw six pitches is that right no first I think the real problem was that they had just used so many guys in the first game I mean there are probably six relievers used in the first game and uh, that's not going to set you up well for game two. So, you know, they really threw everything in the kitchen sink at game one, and then we're kind of just, uh, you know, dead in the water for game two. Yeah, I mean, they also decided to have a bullpen game, oh, which made that whole situation. The but, last – oh, go ahead, Joy. Well, I mean, in my view, I think the last guy you burn – twice in one day is the closer especially and you know john you're not going to believe this john you're going to be disgusted by this fact okay they brought the closer out in a non-save situation the game was tied yeah the game was tied it wasn't even a safe situation they brought him out so he threw about 50 pitches that day especially someone who's 37 38 years old has a reputation for having low stamina and tiring himself out you know do you remember that uh, his fourth 400, uh, his 400 save, Patrick, where he was throwing 98? You know, he's really gunning it up, and then the next two games he got crushed because he he tired his arm out, right? He can't do that. So you're gonna have him go twice in one day. I think he's the last guy you burn twice, and I think there was 
absolutely someone who didn't pitch that day that could have come in. Anybody. I mean, anybody I think would have been better than Kenley Jansen that day. I think anyone who was watching that, I mean, Pat, you can tell me if you disagree. Anyone who was watching that when they saw Kenley warming up was like, what is Alex Cora doing? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like there's just no good way around that one. You just burned too many guys in game one, and, like, it was just – you were just in on arrival. And so it felt weird to be like, this game's tied. It could go either way. We're going to burn our closer right now. That definitely felt funky. Um I feel like in that situation, I'm not a major league manager, but I feel like in that situation, um, you you kind of have to expect some extra innings or maybe try and pitch for some extra innings. Had Nick Pavetta on the bench ready to go, guy who could go a couple. I, I don't know. That's a tough one. The, the last guy I can find to have uh, pitched twice in one day, excuse me, had made two saves in one day, is Fernando Rodney in 2016. Uh got the save in both games against the Cubs. Uh, Fernando Rodney, not, uh, uh, oh, excuse me, also on the older side, 39 years old at the time. I feel like I've seen the Yankees do this a couple times, not necessarily end up with two saves, but try pitching a pitcher twice in the same game. And it's either David Robertson or Aldis Chapman, or maybe they've done it with both and why that seems familiar. And if I remember correctly, I think, Chapman, it was just a meltdown in the second game. And it just, it seems odd that that would be the approach you go. You try to, again, I guess if you're bullpen shot, you're bullpen shot. And I know they have new rules in about letting position players pitch. So I, I don't know. I don't know who you throw out there in that situation. But yeah, I agree with Joey as far as not wanting to burn out your clothes or at least just throw out one of your bottom bullpen arms, like a guy you could option down to take off the roster and give some rest for a couple of days after. Yeah, and it didn't end up mattering because the Red Sox didn't put up a competitive game today either. So we didn't really need to save anyone. So there you go. I mean, that's that that's that's the sad thing here is that it's it's mismanagement by Alex Cora. And I know a lot of uh, Red Sox fans worship Alex Cora. I'm certainly not one of them. I I do have some sympathy. I mean, you know, we won the World Series with him in 2018. But at a certain point, when you're making managerial decisions, where everyone watching, any layman, anyone who knows anything about baseball is going. Why are you bringing your closer out for the second time today in a non-save situation? What are you doing? That That's when I get upset because it seems like Cora is trying to make moves that make him seem really intelligent. He's trying to do too much. He's trying to be too fancy. And he wants to, he wants to get it. Because you know if that had worked out, he would be taking bows in front of everyone saying, Oh, yes, I did this. This is my idea. I was a genius. Not something for Kenley to do, and especially I think Fernando Rodney in 2016 was like one of the best closers in baseball when he did that. Kenley certainly is not that right now. It uh, looks like I there was one actually in 2019. Uh, Sean Doolittle did it for the Nationals twice in one day. Interestingly enough, though, Rodney also pitched both games that day. He just was no longer the closer. And here's a fun fact for folks at home. Fernando Rodney still pitching at 46 years old in the Mexican League. Someone needs a paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Joey, I, I agree to the, like, that is the that is the very definition of if it works out, you look like a genius, and if it do, if you blow it, you look like a dumbass as the manager. I mean, like, there's no in-between. There's no way to, like, talk your way out of it, um, and it didn't work. 
Uh, we will we'll come back to Cora because I know that Joey's got some Joey's woes. So we'll throw it over to the Yankees for a minute. John, a tough opponent this weekend in uh, the Dodgers. It's a team that doesn't go down without a fight. And some interesting Aaron Judge news right now. So I'll let you take it over from there. Right, so the Yankees are playing the Dodgers, and it looks like there's still no score in the sixth inning. I'm blacked out, unfortunately, because I refuse to pay for any kind of cable service, and I can't watch an MLB TV, so I'm following on the internet. Um, look, yeah, it's unfortunate, because Aaron Judge makes an... A, I don't know if it's a... I don't know how to describe that catch. It was a good catch. I don't think it'll be a memorable catch, because he ran through a door... But unfortunately, in the process, he hurts his toe. Hopefully, it's just a one- or two-day thing. I believe the Yankees have tomorrow off. So he gets a chance to rest. Maybe today off, tomorrow off. He feels better on Tuesday. Maybe they even sit him out for another day. And hopefully, it's a short-term thing. We saw last year DJ LeMayhew having toe problems. That these things can linger. So uh, we're really just holding our breath and hoping for the best. And... Um, just hoping they can steal one from the Dodgers tonight. They're out there in L.A., but if they can win, um, you know, win the series, I think that's a big win for the Yankees because the Dodgers are still, you know, one of the best teams in baseball. So if you can win a series from the Dodgers at home, I'd be pretty happy. We, uh, we touched on some of the Red Sox kind of like injury news on Thursday. Lots of guys about to get healthy, and it kind of squeezes the roster a little bit. I want to mention some of these Yankees guys on the show tonight. I want to start with uh, Anthony Volpe because, as you put it, there's increasing talks about sending him down. Uh, I want to hear your thoughts on that. Is that a good idea? Is that a bad idea? Uh, what, what's your gut reaction on this one? I think it's a horrible idea, and it's it started last week on Yankees Twitter, so I kind of dismissed it, but I think I saw it referenced on, you know, I got a, a notification from, you know, the MLB app, and something about Anthony Volpe being demoted or whatever, and it's like, now if it's picking up this much steam, that's a problem. I think you got to give this kid a full season. Look, he looks, he looks like he's a good Major League Baseball player, and it's, it takes time to really develop. He needs his, his, his at-bats. You started the season with him. You committed to him. Just give him the full season. The Yankees are still a good team. They're still, if the season were, into that, were to end today, they'd be in a wild-card spot, the third wild-card spot. But I still think they can very much overtake the Baltimore Orioles for that second wild-card spot. Just keep moving up the ladder. Um, he's not hurting the team, and he's getting experience. And like I said last week, I've seen this kid play pretty well in clutch moments. He's been involved with you know game-winning RBIs, uh, late-game rallies, go-ahead runs, tying runs, stealing a base. Uh, he's overall he's playing pretty good defense. So I realize he has a low batting average, but he does he is contributing to the team. So you stick with him, and hopefully by the end of the season he starts to figure it out and can really start to elevate his game. So anybody thinking that Andy Volpe should be sent to the minors, I, you're completely wrong. I don't know if anybody saw that uh, graphic going around today about the uh, Mariners, but the Mariners have four of the top five guys in individual strikeouts this season. Teoscar Hernandez, Jared Kelnick, A. Eugenio Suarez, and Julio Rodriguez. Number five on that list, Anthony Volpe. Um, so, you know, rookie woes, maybe I see your shrug, John. I get it, but uh, 
top five. That's uh, that's pretty bad. Mike Trout, number six, by the way, which is interesting. Yeah. But there you go. That's some good company. Kalelnik, Rodriguez, <laughs> Teoscar Hernandez, Mike Trout. So, yeah, I mean, I, you just gave me a boost of confidence with this kid. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, there's another kind of squeeze going on right now because Giancarlo Stanton uh, is uh, returning. Um, DHing, obviously, that's going to kind of screw some things up. Uh, Want to hear your thoughts on that one? Um, you know, last week when Luke and I ran down who the position battles for the Yankees and the Red Sox, and there's a whole debate about the Yankees DH spot. But I like the Yankees DH spot. I like the fact that when, as much as Stanton, there's a lot of positives to him to this team. I like the fact that when he's injured, which happens pretty regularly. The Yankees can rotate guys into that DH spot and give them a rest without really losing the bat. And you have some older players in DJ LeMahieu, Anthony Rizzo. Uh, Judge isn't necessarily old yet, but he's a guy you want to give some DH reps to. So there's a lot of flexibility when Stanton's on the IL, which, you know, again, happens very regularly. So it's good to have Stanton back, and I don't... I think it's just mixed right now, and I don't know how I necessarily feel. Because I'm sure Stanton, once he gets hot, goes on a run, he can really carry this team. Um, he's not going to play the field at all at this point. If he got hurt jogging the first base and slowing down, the Yankees aren't putting him in the outfield, even if it is right field. Uh, so he's just going to clog up that DH spot, and that takes away from the flexibility. And when you want to give a guy a day off, you're going to just lose the bat on top of it. So, um... I don't know. It's, it's, we'll see how it plays out. I'm sure when Stanton's red hot and carrying this team, I'll, I'll be fine with it. But when he's striking out and not doing well, I'll be over here complaining. So uh, I think we know how this is going to play out for my part anyway. Yeah, I mean, he might not be red hot till August. I mean, he is a streaky guy sometimes, and he might be cold for you know another month. Um, I think you're totally right about the need for rest, though. The, one thing that drove me crazy was all the times I saw Aaron Boone put uh, Aaron Judge in center field. I, I, I can't stand it. Because, I mean, if that's your number one asset and you're putting out this, like, six foot eight guy who's, like, 250 pounds out in center field running him around while he's leading the league in home runs, I, I mean, it, it drives me crazy. It's reckless. So I think you're right that there are certain guys that need to be taken care of on that team. And... You know, uh, Stanton is great. No, no, I did. I remember I actually said this to you. I don't know if I said this to you, John. Pat might remember this. I said that I don't think Stanton will play 100 games this season. Right? I think I did say that. That might come true if he's back on the IL soon. So maybe you put him out in the field. I've always wondered why teams, especially now with the Universal DH, why there isn't more of an approach for your ninth guy instead of being a slugger. You know, in the Stanton, uh, uh, even Justin Turner to a certain degree, the J.D. Martinez uh, type of guy, instead of having that be a super utility guy so that they can bounce around while UDH guys to give them a day off, you know, uh, it really, really sticks you in like this is the only guy that can do this. I mean, it happened last year uh, with the Red Sox with uh, J.D., didn't play the field once. He played 140 something games. Never once played the field, and it it means that other it means that other guys don't get the, those sort of half days off yeah. uh, where they get to DH. Well, and they also found out. I mean, statistically, I think JD in 2021, they found out that 
wow, when this guy was playing left field, his batting average was like 50 points lower. And I'm sure if you look at a lot of regular DHs throughout the league that their splits when they're in the field versus when they're DHing are dramatic. And that's because, number one, you let these guys get comfortable. I mean, if you get used to being able to sit on the bench and hang out and watch the other guys in the field, then of course you're going to feel some pressure and some adjustment issues when you're thrown back out in the field. Yeah, we've seen that a little bit with Justin Turner this year where, like, he was supposed to really just DH, but he's been playing a little more first, so Casas can have some days off. Uh, Playing some third when Rafi was out over the weekend, or I guess it was two weekends ago now, uh, and trying to get Yoshida some more spots in in that DH slot because um, the, the, the metrics do not like his defense at all out in left field. Well, yeah, I think in the case of Cassis, it's more like he's being furloughed from his job rather than even a day off. But I, <laughs> I understand what you're saying. Well, the Yankees, that's what I'm, no, that's what I'm saying, though, is like, you know, that wasn't the plan. But go ahead, John. I was just going to say, the Yankees, you're talking about the splits. With Stanton, his splits are better when he plays the field. But, like, again, like... Insanity, insanity, insanity is defined as doing the same action again and again and expecting a different result. So I think putting, like, all right, great, Stan, your stats are so good in the field, but I think we know how this is going to end if we put you out there. You can't run around in the outfield a little bit and jog around and pick up a ball without pulling a quad. I don't know how that's possible. I'm 40 years old. I run around. I run. I run four times a week. I do sprints twice a week. I do distance twice a week, and I'm not pulling a quad. So why is this guy who's like 33, why can't he run around a little bit without pulling a quad? I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Professional athlete. What am I? (laughs) How do you feel that John is in better shape than both of us? (laughs) What are you going to do? Joey, this is the, um, this is the, JD running out to right field and rolling his ankle on second base in game 162 <laughs> of 2021. Like um, these DH only guys, like they, they, it'll come back to bite you sometimes. Oh, and the Red Sox have one of the worst fielding teams in baseball too. Debut. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, you could say. I mean, Yoshida's at least hitting. Yoshida's performing, and JD most of the time was performing very well. But I mean, Devers is slumping unbelievably bad. You have Kiki, who is the, you know, I mean, he's giving up runs, errors left and right. I mean, he's giving up games out at shortstop, right? Um, And then Valdez, you know, a very poor fielder as well. I mean, the one thing about, you know, uh, people talk about sending Volpe down. People are also talking about sending Cassis down, right? Well, maybe not you, Pat. I know you love Cassis, but uh, people are talking about it. And the number one one problem with sending Cassis down is (laughs) who are you going to put at first base? Turner? I mean, that would be the worst infield in baseball by a country mile. Devers, Kiki, Valdez, Turner, or whoever's at second base, it'll be unbelievably bad. Yeah, that's pretty bad. That's a good transition, Joey, because today was one of had one of the goofiest Little League-esque plays I, I think we've seen in a long time, where they're just babbling the ball to each other, throwing it away, giving the race some easy runs. And this is going to be our transition to Joey's woes because after the game, Cora says this, in the end, it's on me. I'm the manager of this club and we've been sloppy. It's not about pointing fingers, right? The roster is the roster and we have to play better baseball. 
but I'm the manager of this team, and defensively, we're not good. We're not. Go for he's, it, Joey. He's right. The, in the end, it is on him. And Alex Cora has certainly rested on his laurels uh, and given a, given a lot of credit for what he's been able to do to us for us in 2018 and 2021. But ultimately, if we end up looking at two years of solidly bad performance with rosters that were certainly capable of being better than what they ended up putting out, then you have to start pointing fingers at Alex Cora. And I know, uh, you know, people love to talk about Heim Bloom, and I, Heim Bloom is a part of the problem, but the manager is also considered to be part of the issue when a team performs badly as well. I mean, you see a team like the Mets, Buck Showalter is probably going to be gone very soon because he is on the hot seat. The Mets are so bad that their manager is is being held held in uh, custody. I mean, they're waiting for to get rid of them now, basically, unless they turn around. Uh, Cora, I think people have always talked about him as very much a player's manager. Um, I think that ends up him being soft on the players. I think he is a lot, very giving with his off days and his criticisms, I think, are, are muted at times, and maybe he should be tougher on, on their hitters. Because this team has a morale problem. I, I absolutely think that. This team had a, definitely a morale problem last year. I mean, you had Bogarts moping all of the time. And allegedly Hunter Renfro was a locker room problem in 2021, according to Luke. So, I mean, those sort of things have gone on for a while. You need a manager who's going to whip people in the shape. I mean, Devers looks ridiculous. I mean, how is Alex Cora not excoriating him every time he comes back to the bench? I mean, he's taking hacks out there that look like I'm trying to uh, use a driver for the first time. I mean, it's ridiculous. He had his first walk in, what was it, 20 games, they said yesterday? It was un- It's unbelievable. I mean, you have to, at a certain point, expect Cora to be critical of these people, right? Because especially someone like Devers, who, you know, could very well just sit and go, okay, I got my contract, whatever, right? I mean, Devers getting fat and getting lazy is Totally uh, not ludicrous scenario that could happen, right? And I don't yes, see. Yes, I totally agree. Yeah, I don't see. I mean, John, but you're not. You're not wrong, John. I mean, do I think Judge will play out the rest of his contract? No, but at least Judge for you know the next couple of years is going to be performing very highly, and then you'll have to deal with you know you'll have to wheel him to the field at 38. But you don't have to worry about that now, right? I mean, you talk about the DH spot. There's so many guys we need to get out of the field <laughs> that we can't afford a regular DH because I mean Devers his de- his defense is his defense has declined. Um, Yoshida, while play, hitting excellently, is not a great defender, and we've got guys playing positions that they really should have no business playing. They're warming up Tapia at first base. Tapia at first base. So Duval took some grounders at first base, right? It's yeah. just this, this team is having problems, and ultimately, um, Cora has to pay at some point. There has to be a culture change. And this, you know, in 2011, when the Red Sox we were just seeming like we couldn't stop losing, and, you know, we had talent on the team, but it, did, it just wasn't connecting. And there were, I mean, Francona had a lot of problems that I, Alex Cora does not have, right? Thank God. But at some point, you have to make a leadership change. You have to make a leadership change just for the culture. And I think if Cora doesn't turn the ship around very soon, then you're going to have to be looking at that because, and I'll, I will end this now because I'm being long-winded, but it's one thing when a team wins a game, then loses two, wins a the game, then loses two. It's another thing when a team 
goes on a winning streak for five or six games and then loses five or six games. Streaky teams, you know, a lot of that is morale and a lot of that is roster management. You know, it's not like they're giving it their best every day and it just happens. It's not a coin flip every day when they go out there. There's a, there's a change for a week, right? And a lot of it has to do with how the manager's managing the bullpen and the people in the field, right? So that is a sign, I think, of the poor management of this team. Well, let me ask you this because – and I understand this criticism uh, to a certain degree. A lot of people are critical of the fact that it never seems like people are truly held accountable uh, for some of the stuff that they do, right? Uh, Duran never got uh, a chewing after his inside-the-park homer last year, right? Kike is the worst shortstop in baseball this year, and he still plays shortstop every single day. And – you know, there's a lot of people just getting away with with being terrible. And yes, that's the roster. And, and yes, gone are the days where if you didn't jog to the first, if you, if you jog to first base, the manager would pull you in the middle of the game, right? That stuff doesn't happen anymore. That's the, that's the Jim Leland uh, generation is gone, right? But what are you supposed to do? Like you expect the guy to just like chew them out every day. Like how do you, where do you find that line? Well, I think it depends definitely on the composition of the team, right? Uh, our team right now is full of a lot of people that haven't been on the Red Sox very long. And it's kind of lacking on veterans, right? And I mean, John's going to love this. I mean, Luke going into the season was like, don't worry, because Kiki is going to be your locker room leader. Now, if Luke was right, which he wasn't, but if Luke was right and Kiki was the locker room leader, wow, what a terrible locker room leader he is. I mean, my God, he's done a very poor job. I mean, he, I mean, talk about being fired from the field. I mean, he's not even a good hype man. Uh, things like Cassis, uh, I mean, Cass's stuff, I think he's he goes out there, and I, I can just tell that he goes, all right, I'm going to give it my best. Okay. It, it, people don't seem to be as alarmed, and they don't seem to be as anxious as they should be when they're out on that field. Um, Alex Cora, I think you're co- correct with the Kiki thing. Alex Cora and Kiki love each other. That's just the truth. They love each other. Cora has a thing for Kiki. They're from both from Puerto Rico. They're friends. They've known each other for a long time. And I'm sure when Kiki makes the 15th error at shortstop, Cora just pats him on the back and goes, oh, it's all right, man. And listen, no one wants someone riding them all the time, right? And I'm not saying, you know, the experiment with La Russa and Chicago failed, right? Partly because, you know, him and that roster culturally, I don't think meshed very well. He was an older guy. That roster was very young and inexperienced. And then with the Yerman Mercedes thing, I mean, that was awful. <laughs> you know, he ended that guy's career, basically. But that's the type of stuff that can happen. I mean, people underestimate the uh, veracity of head games and the head, right? The mental game is huge. So when you see Devers and you see Cassis not performing at all like they're expected to be performing, that's in large part mental. Devers thinks it's okay to go out and hack it every time he goes up to bat now. That's, he thinks that's okay because clearly Alex Cora is okay with that as well and is allowing it to go down. And until you have a manager who is putting people in line, then that's going to continue to happen. And I think you can afford, I think, I think you're totally right, you can afford a manager like Alex Cora when you have a roster like 2018 
and 2021, where there's a lot of guys that have been on the team for a while, homegrown guys who are well-behaved and a large veteran presence to keep people in, in line. But when you have a team like ours now, where Turner's the oldest guy on the team and he's brand new, Kiki's allegedly the team leader. He looks like a, a goon walking out on the field with his, with his dyed hair and his silly cleats, which shouldn't even, he shouldn't even be allowed to wear. That you're seeing a team that has no direction. You need order. I mean, the team needs to have order and respect for their other players and a capacity to go out and win every day. And I don't think you have that on this baseball team right now. Uh, I'll say one more thing, and then, John, I'll let you wrap this up because we're going to lower Red Sox heavy. But I think there is something to be said about you go back to 2018, a World Series team. It's a team that won 108 games. But you look at that roster, and that was a roster built to win 108 games. Uh, I'm not sure how much of that was the rookie manager uh, maybe staying out of the way more than anything. John, any uh, Alex Cora thoughts, uh, any wrapping up Joey's woes thoughts you have here before we play our game of the night? Well, in, I agree philosophically in a lot of the stuff that Joey said because one thing that drives me crazy about Aaron Boone is his unwillingness to take players to task. Like, when he's pressed about it, when reporters asking you a question about someone you know is terrible and you sit there and defend them, like, you know, when he said he's in this past offseason when Aaron Boone still defending, like, I think that Josh Donaldson trade was a good trade. Like, come on, man. Nobody wants to hear that. Uh, it just drives me crazy that now – Managers nowadays are just so, like, worried about hurting their players' feelings. And, you know, come on, man. This is life. It's baseball. Like, I know you're – a lot of these athletes have probably been coddled. But for God's sakes, like, if you're playing bad, you're allowed to be called out on it. And I don't think there's something wrong with that. If anything, a lot of, a lot of times it'll spur someone on and motivate them to play better. Um, You know, so, yeah, that, that's just one thing that drives me crazy that the Yankees do, too. It's just they refuse to take their players to task. And they're like, oh, no, everything's great. Pat on the back. Oh, you know, maybe things are being said in the locker room behind the scenes, but we'll never know about it. All right, let's play our game tonight. It's called Contenders or Pretenders. It's one of our favorite games, one that we keep coming back to. Uh, because right now... Gosh, this division is such a tough division. Uh, right now, the Yankees are in third place in the American League East. The Red Sox are in fifth place, last place. Um, however, you're looking at seven games between two and five, which seems like a lot, but it's, it's also not. Um, and so we're going to run through some of these different uh, American League East teams and ask, are they pretenders? Or are they contenders? Everyone's successful right now. Everyone, including the Red Sox, are above 500 right now. Um, but who's going to come out on top? We're going to make some predictions. Uh, Joey, I'll start with you uh, because the Red Sox just uh, lost 2 of 3 to Tampa Bay, game 4 tomorrow, like I said. But so far, they've lost 2 of 3 to Tampa Bay. It's a team that's 42 and 19 and sitting pretty atop the American League East. Is this going to last forever? Are they contenders? Or is this a team that, you know, can never do anything in the playoffs like they have for years? Are they pretenders? Well, no, Tampa's got the sauce this year. I, I mean, I, I really do believe that. Um, I think a lot of teams like the Yankees have underperformed, the Red Sox have underperformed, and the Orioles are overperforming. But, I mean, the Rays are, I think, doing exactly as they were designed to do. And they're just proving that their front office is the smartest one in baseball. And do I think they're going to do anything in the playoffs? No. 
I think that's the number one drawback of Moneyball type teams. And I, I think John will agree with me on this. You look at teams like the A's and the Rays and other teams that are built that way. They get to the playoffs. They don't do much when they get there, right? I mean, how many times did the Yankees knock the A's out in the last 20 years? It was, you know, like four times, right? So Rays are absolutely contenders. Great baseball team. Yandy Diaz, unbelievable. You know, the, this team's got too much talent to lose. John? I fully agree. The analytics play over 162 games. But once you get to the postseason, you could throw that all out the window. That being said, Tampa, they're going to win the American League East. They're probably going to be the number one seed in the American League. Uh, they're definitely contenders. But I take it even a step further, and I'll say there is no way the baseball gods allow Tampa Bay to win a World Series playing with those catwalks in that freaking stadium. So until they clean that up and just fix the worst stadium in baseball, build a new one or fix it, I don't care what, the baseball gods cannot let that happen. They do not deserve it. To imagine a World Series be being decided on a play because a ball is hit off the catwalk, it'd be horrible. So, no, they're contenders up until that World Series victory. Yeah, I agree. I feel like my question was a little pointed to start off, but I feel like, I mean, definitely they're contenders. You cannot doubt their record right now. Uh, you cannot doubt the way that they've been playing, making the Red Sox look foolish. A team that, as much as we like to poo on them, they're not a bad team. They're better than most teams in the league, uh, but they're just making them look like little leaguers right now. Uh, but come the playoffs, you're right, John. you got to throw all that stuff out when it gets to, you know, three-game series, five-game series, seven-game series. But they, don't, they, they will not let themselves throw that out. Um, and they're going to they're gonna pull out guys in the World Series when they shouldn't be pulled. And, uh, and they're going to blow up. That's how I feel, at least. Uh, let's talk Baltimore. Joe, you kind of hinted a little bit at your thoughts. Uh, you said that they're overperforming right now. It's a team that's 37-22, and 22, second in the division. Uh, they are two and a half games up on the top wild card spot right now. Um, this is a team that just lost their all-star center fielder, Cedric Bones. It's a team that does not have, like, a real starting pitcher, like Kyle Gibson is their ace right now. Um, so they're playing well right now. Is this a team that's going to make run in the playoffs? Are they pretenders or are they contenders? I think they're really close. And I hope the Orioles have some capacity to spend money this offseason because, you know, it's really unfortunate. If they had spent last season, this team could really be a dynamo. But they don't have, I mean, they don't have proper starting pitching. You're absolutely correct. Uh, I don't know when John Means is going to show back up, but... He, is, he just got delayed. They said there was a setback. So now he's he was supposed to be pre-trade deadline, and now he's post-trade deadline. Two years. Which obviously, which obviously asks some questions about what are they going to do at the deadline. Yeah, that's, that's like two years. And when he shows up, I mean, you can't expect him to be a factor. So, yeah, this team just doesn't have the starting pitching to do anything in the playoffs. So I'm going to say a pretender. Um, I think they'll, they'll compete for a playoff spot. They might even go to the playoffs. But with a starting rotation like that, you can't really do anything serious. John? You're muted. You're muted. You're still muted. There we go. Sorry. There we go. Back. I just started talking, and Pat's telling me I'm muted, and I'm just talking over Pat telling me I'm muted. So I think, I think the Orioles are a fun team. They're a likable team, but they are pretenders because they're not going to go that far with that pitching staff. 
Uh, you know, I wish them the best. I hope they can develop some starting pitching. But until that happens, the lineup can only carry you so far. Trust me, as a Yankee fan over the past like, 20 years, I know that a lineup without a pitching staff can only take you so far. Um, but really quick, Pat, since you're like the Orioles fan and Jace on for Bleacher Brawls, what are your thoughts on Aaron Hicks, Aaron Hicks now being a Baltimore Oriole? Well, that's a great question. I feel like really that's a question for you. Um, he's played really well in like his like four days, four days in Baltimore. Um, I don't get it. I don't get the signing. I don't know if they plan on like literally because they only have to pay him like the minimum, like cutting him when Cedric comes back and he's just a stopgap because they didn't have anybody in AAA that could come up. Um, but I think this is this is uh, the Yankee effect, man. Joey Gallo plays better when he leaves. Aaron Hick plays better when he leaves. Uh, you know, who else? Araldis Chapman's having a good season right now. So, I don't know. Well, you know, it's easy, it's easy, to, it's easy to play when the pressure's off. You know, yeah, I'll just on on that. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, just Chapman, like, like that's great that he's pitching well now, but, like, what's he, he's going to get arrested or just do something insane? Like, I don't know, maybe he'll get pulled over for driving a car, like, 175 miles per hour. Like, it's Chapman. There, there's going to be something that's going to go wrong there. <laughs> Actually, he'll, he'll get pulled over for doing 106. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I was trying to drive faster than I, I could throw to, baseball. That's pretty good. I was trying to pull it up. Yeah, he's got a 295 ERA this year. Granted, he's playing in Kansas City, uh, but uh, 35 strikeouts and 21 in the third. Uh, this happens a lot. The guys well, K- leave, and they play better. Casey's good for him, though, man. I mean, I love Kansas City. I've been out there, Overland Park, Kansas City. Uh, I've been all. I've been. I've been up and down the Midwest. I've been in the Ozarks. Would you believe that, Pat? I've been in the Ozarks. I believe it. I, I've been up and down there, and it's a lot of fun, but. A lot less trouble to get into than in NYC. I'll tell you. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Probably a good place for him to be. Uh, all right. Uh, okay. I'll wrap this one up. Contenders or pretenders? I'm going to go contenders with an asterisk. My caveat is they have to make some moves at the deadline. We were saying this last year. Maybe if they make some moves, they can make a push. All they did was, you know, trade Trey Mancini. Um, worked out for Houston. They won the World Series. They got the guy that they wanted. Um, they need a starter. They need a real number one game one starter. Uh, but, you know, this is a team that I, I don't know if you consider they're playing above their weight. They've played great ever since Adley's come up. They're the first team in the league to 20 road wins. Um, I think that they're a, a serious team. They just need that little extra bit to get them over the hump. Um, last one. It's a team that we like to pick on here because they like to – uh, try their best to pick on everybody else. Uh, the Toronto Blue Jays, the schoolyard bullies of Major League Baseball. They are currently in fourth place, and I had it in front of me. Here it is, 33-27. and 27. They are two games back of a wild card spot right now, eight and a half games back from Tampa Bay. Um, John, I'll start with you on this one because they like to pretend that they have a Yankees rivalry are they contenders or are they pretenders? You mentioned you referred to them as the schoolyard bullies. I see them as the schoolyard bullies in the sense that AJ Soprano was a schoolyard bully, and really everyone's just afraid of your father. 
They're a bunch of second generation Nepo babies. I don't like any of these guys. They're pretenders. They're not going anywhere. They have the wrong attitude already. And you can see you can see it. Like you said, they're creating rivalries when there aren't any. They're trying to act like they're the victims. Like worry about yourselves. Worry about winning. Uh, this team just disgusts me. And they're one of my least favorite teams in baseball right now. And that says a lot because there's a lot of teams I don't like. Pretenders, if I haven't said that already. I, I'm with John. I, I, I think they're pretenders. They feel so entitled. I mean, don't they just feel entitled, John? I mean, that whole team thinks that they deserve to be in the World Series. I mean, they haven't done anything to earn it. But you can see when they go on that field. I don't like their long hair either. I don't like all the long hair on that team. It's uh, People need to cut their hair. I don't like Bo Bichette's hair. Um, I think Bichette is way overperforming. I think he's due for a drop down very soon. He's not a guy that's going to hit 333 for a full season. I'm sorry. I hate to tell you. All right. His dad was his dad had a negative war hitting 30 home runs. Okay. I, Bo Bichette is not having a 333 season. Um, their pitching's okay. Their hitting is, is good. I don't see them going anywhere. And you know what? For all these Blue Jays fans who suddenly have a spine after being terrible since the 90s, for the most part, um, I'm just going to let you know something. Canadian income taxes are really high, and when free agency starts for these guys, they're not going to want to stay in Canada. You think Vlad Jr. wants to stay in Toronto? You know, these guys all want to go to L.A. They want to go to fun markets, man. No one wants to be in Canada. So just just worry about that in a couple years because, you know what, when, when, when the dollars start coming out and they go, oh, uh, I have to pay 20% more in taxes if I stay in Canada? Yeah, I think I'm going to go play for the for the uh, Marlins or something. I think I'm going to go play for the Rangers, Yankees. I don't know. I don't think it's going to work out for them. I love the idea that the window is closing simply because these guys are still in the arbitration years. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. It's Canada. Uh, Who wants to stay ahead. there in that terrible weather? Like, give me a break. Those guys are gone. And that's the most unlikable team in forever, too, because the last time they were even somewhat good was uh, Josh Donaldson, Jose Bautista years, when everybody hated them back then, when Ruben yeah. Ocour took a swing and just jawed Bautista, and everybody thought it was hilarious because they didn't like him. And even back then in the 90s, I remember, I mean, Joe Carter was a likable guy, but I don't remember that team being very likable overall. Joey, you were there, right? Yeah, it is. I was there. I was there. I was. I, I was there for the Joe Carter home run. I, I was. So when when he was announcing it, he said, "Go crazy, Joe! Go crazy!" He was actually referring to me, me Joe. That's who he was talking about. But but yeah, you think? I mean, look at Bo Bichette for a minute. Look at him. Okay. Do you think that guy wants to be in Toronto with the long surfer dude hair and his his uh, laid back attitude? No, that guy wants to be in SoCal, man. He uh, Dodgers gonna offer him something, and he'll go down there. Not going to stay in Canada. I also feel like we can't um, do all this without mentioning how truly terrible Alec Manoa has been this year. Um, I was trying to pull up the stats. They've disappeared on me. Uh, But where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Hold on. I'm stalling. Uh, This year so far, he has a... uh, Gosh, where is it? A 546 ERA... um, he has a 1.56 home runs per nine. Uh, I mean, he's just been uh, – he's a negative war player so far this year. He's been terrible after an all-star season last year. 
I dislike him strongly. I don't like to use the word hate, except when I do. But I dislike him very strongly. He is just, I mean, talk about a bully, and I don't love the term bully, you know, for various reasons. But, I mean, he's just, like, not a good guy at all. Barking at Bobby Dahlbeck, or was it Dahlbeck or something? Barking at, it was Dahlbeck, and Bobby was like, what, me? (laughs) Exactly. Like, barking at Dahlbeck after he struck him out. And Dahlbeck's like, I've done this 200 other times this year. This isn't really unique. I mean, it was ridiculous. We're going to... If you're going to trash talk someone after you strike them out, trash talk, you know, Devers, right? Trash talk JD. Don't trash talk Dahlbeck, who's just trying to get a check every every week, <laughs> trying to stay on the team. He's fighting for his job. They, it was ridiculous. It was just, you're such a loser. It's like beating up on these guys. He's beating up on these guys who are like scrubs, who are fighting for roster spots. You know, oh, look at me. I'm this big man. Like, no. You know, trash talk guys that are on your level. Trash talk guys that can fight back, you know, can hit a home run back at you. And Manoa's got it. He's fat. He's out of shape. And, uh, yeah, there you go. I'm in better shape than Alec Manoa, and so is John. I like, Joe, I like this, like, I don't like to use the word hate or the word bully, but I hate this bully. I really do, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, the one, I'm going to say, gosh, I'm going to say contenders in this season because, like, they have, like, okay, we can joke all we want about these guys want to play, you know, in Texas, but, like, as of right now, they have the team that they have. They have good players. They're going to tear up the all-star team this year because every year Canada, all of Canada just votes for Toronto. Um, and these guys get their undeserved spots. You cannot deny the fact that they have Kevin Gosman, 276 ERA, first player to 100 strikeouts. Um, that guy's been lights out this year. Um, it's in any other division, they wouldn't be fourth. I don't think I'd have to check myself on that one. Maybe not literally, but you get the idea. And so, I, I don't know. I'm going to call them contenders because I, I, I consider in some way this entire division to be contenders. Um, and it is poor luck for everyone in this division to be in this division. Uh, any final thoughts on the American League East before we wrap up the show? Sorry, I can't think of anything. All right, I'm sorry. My dog came in, so I got distracted. <laughs> I feel like I just unloaded on everyone. I feel like I, I already... Uh, good, good, good. Um, any final thoughts on anything? Yankees, Red Sox, Major League Baseball, large fantasy baseball, anything we want to throw out there before we wrap up this uh, pretty tight show tonight? Fantasy baseball? Okay, I'll give you some news. Hold on, let me check this out real quick. Let me confirm this for you. I believe I'm beating your girlfriend. This week. I believe that is true. As of by, right now, yes. By six points. Now, you know, next year we're gonna. So I was actually wondering, Pat, what are your thoughts on a dynasty league? Is that is that do, do you hate that idea? <laughs> I've thought about it. I feel like you can't spring it on people in June, though. Like I feel like you can't just be like, oh yeah, by the way, those guys you cut. Sorry, you shouldn't have done that. Because I've got a lot of good rookies. I, my team was constructed, I think, good. I think I think Pat fudged the numbers. He was changing statistics, changing what they were worth. You know, I did he, that before the season started, by the way. But yeah, go ahead. He got together with Derek, and they've made it so you could change stuff every day. And it's like it's very—it's so miserable to me changing my starting pitchers because it feels like it feels like I'm cheesing the system. You know, I have like ten starting pitchers, and I have to move them in every day to pitch. I don't know. I don't like it, but I'm still performing. I think pretty moderately okay. I'm gonna be a 500 team. I might be the Alex Cora of fantasy baseball. <laughs> 
Yeah, I would, right before the season started, a week before the season started, oh no, before we did the draft, Derek was like, oh yeah, by the way, um, pitchers are worth nothing, and the highest rated pitcher in this league right now is like in like 600th place, so we should probably change those pitching stats, and now we've made it almost too overpowering, where if you just have like four really good starting pitchers, you're going to win. But what are you going to do? Um, I noticed in this, in our fantasy league, Luke has the second lowest points for for the entire league. The only person lower is actually not even in Bleacher Brawls. He's one of Luke's buddies. Um, so that means out of everybody in Bleacher Brawls, Luke's team has scored the least amount of points. So knowing Luke, that makes him probably the best general manager of all time. Like If you were to ask him about this, he would tell you he's such a great general manager and he has a secret plan that's going to make this work. So. And also, I can't get I still over all the, the trash talk. Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. I just said I still hate I the Blue Jays. Just throw that out there. All of Kasim's preseason draft trash talk. Uh, and his team's terrible. And he's still, I have yet to hear him take accountability for this. He's in ninth place right now out of ten teams. So, Kasim, what happened, man? Trey Turner, that big uh, number one draft pick you wanted. Um, kicking the can down the road right now. John, I have a question. Did you, did you, uh, did we have anything, any punishments for the guy who comes in last? Because I don't want, I don't want to, you know, I, I want to know. I just want to know just in case. Yeah, before this in case it nasty, falls apart right? and somebody pretends like there was no uh, punishment ever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, John's not a very good loser if you guys didn't. didn't. I'm sure everybody's <laughs> up on that. <laughs> Be a giant baby. Still um, in first yeah, place right know, now, though, we... even after this week's defeat. What was that? Go ahead. I said you're still in first place this week, even after or after this week, even after your first defeat. Yeah, well, it's I'll be like the Yankees. I'll put up a great regular season record. Let's see how my analytics work in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's I what say happened we to me do... in uh, football. Yeah, I say we just do it like we did in football. First place, whoever wins the league picks it for the punishment for the loser. So, um, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll let you know about that in October. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good luck with that one, Joey. Um, all right, guys, we're gonna wrap it up. Um, that was fun. Thanks, Joey, for subbing in tonight. Uh, well, Luke goes off and. Um, yeah. What is he doing, by the way? I'm not hiding because he it. said um, the, he said, "Oh, the Celtics are like the 2004 Red Sox, and they're gonna win at home." And then the Celtics went out and put up the worst Game Seven at home performance since those 2004 Yankees. It was an embarrassment, and he talked all that trash, and then he went and hid because he knew I was gonna say, "Oh, what happened?" So that's where he is. He planned an entire last vacation in like five days just so he could avoid having to answer for that. Uh, all right, guys. Fun show. Thanks, everybody, for being here. Thanks, folks, for listening at home. This is our Sunday night, Monday morning rivalry show where we talk both teams. Uh, if you want to catch this show next week or our Yankees or Red Sox episodes throughout the week, make sure you hit subscribe. You rate us five stars. You leave us a nice review wherever you're listening to your podcast. 
You can also find Bleacher Brawls in many different places, bleacherbrawls.com. I have uh, one of my monthly baseball quizzes coming out tomorrow. We have a uh, new contributor, Caroline, over there. Lots of fun stuff to read there five days a week. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us at Twitter, at Bleacher Brawl. You can find all of our individual Twitters in the description box of this podcast. Uh, we're going to be at you later in the week on Wednesday morning with the Yankee Show, Red Sox Show Friday morning, and then we will be here I won't be here, but the show will be here again next week for the next Rivalry show. Uh, Thanks, folks, for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time. All right, folks, that's the latest episode of Bleacher Brawls. Thanks for tuning in, for rating us five stars and leaving us a nice review. And don't forget to check us out on BleacherBrawls.com, on YouTube, and on Twitter.